went upstairs about an hour later. He was laying in bed, groaning, and he said, Dad, you know, I, I really thought you were my friend. And I said, oh, how have we misunderstood each other so long? <laughs> oh, buddy. I barely <laughs> like you. <laughs> yeah. So, friends don't pay for college. Not one other kid in this neighborhood does chores. You're going to get in trouble, Murtaugh. Hey, Ma, can we get some meatloaf? He started it. Mom. Mom! What? Shut up! What is the matter with you? I know it's a school night, so we're just gonna get right down to it. Welcome to another edition of Fearless Parenting. I'm Harry Hodges Harrison Jr. And uh, with me, of course, is childless, godless, brideless Zach. Wow. Hello, Harry. Hello, Zach. <laughs> Thank looking, you for having me back. I you're looking very it. alone. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a long table in the new studio. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. And our special guest is Josh Hart, who has just had a baby. Baby boy. Baby yeah, boy. Yeah, he is nine months on the fourth. So Wow. So we have a new dad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Josh, how excited are we? I was uh I'm a lot more excited in nine months than I was like in three months. Uh those first those first four were pretty tough with the every two hours waking up and the um, you know, the, the, the diaper changing and the, well, we still change di- diapers, but, uh, just that constant sense. Now he can kind of play and interact and feedback a little bit, which helps, uh, with the, uh, parenting. You know, we've never done a show, Zach, just for dads. No, we haven't. But we have one now. We do. We have a, we have a dad here. We're, only, we're not, we'll have moms. We're not messing it up. It's just about dads. Not and I think that, up. um, that dads have a different re- What was your reaction? When your wife said, honey, it's blue. <laughs> Actually, oddly enough, my, my wife, uh, I kind of told her she was pregnant. She is, um, she's very, uh, the worst case scenario, whatever the worst possible scenario is, that's what's going to happen. And so when she was getting the symptoms of pregnancy, she thought that she had kidney failure because, because she was peeing a lot, uh, because her, she, she became tender uh, in her breast. She thought she had breast cancer. Like, it was like the worst case scenarios were happening, and she was freaking out. Like, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, take a test. And so sure enough, the test came back positive. And like, you know what? That was a four-year-old gag gift of a pregnancy test. So let's take another one tomorrow. And then uh, I remember when that first thing and when, when it came back and I was at work and she said, hey, I took the test. It's positive. So we are pregnant. Uh, I remember like thinking like it's cool. And that like it was like, something that we never planned on having kids. We always talked about like not having kids actually. And so it became like, this realization that like my whole life isn't over, but is about to change dramatically. And so trying to wrap my head around what that means. And it's still to this day. I'm doing that every single day, wrapping my head around what it means to be a father, what it means to be a dad. You know, how were you, uh, were you afraid? I mean, I think I mean in, initially, I think initially. everyone's afraid. If you're not not afraid, you're not taking it you know seriously enough because you now have been given a human being to take care of, provide for. You know, every decision you make no longer is just about you or your wife. There is a third party that is forever there. Absolutely, I think a lot of a lot of wives. I mean. I was scared witless. I absolutely just, okay, this is the greatest thing. I'm like, God, what am I going to do? I don't mm-hmm. know if I can handle this. I don't know if I'm good enough, strong enough, smart enough, rich enough. Yeah. I'll never figure this out. Uh, and I think that um, a lot of wives don't appreciate the, the the stress and fear a husband goes through initially. Yeah. Because, I mean, even though we live in a day where everything's equal and women work and men work, it's sure. still – Men still feel like, and I think their wives feel that way too, 
you got to support us. Yeah. You're the man. This is your, you got a child now and you need to grow up and sell the two seater. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did have to get rid of my truck. I had had a two seater pickup truck that I loved. Uh, and that, that did have to go for the uh, Subaru Outback that we had to buy. Uh, but ultimately, it was one of those things, the, the one like sort of concern that I'm having, uh, and I, I had some friends of mine that had kids, and this is something that I, I won't want to continue on, but when they heard that my wife was pregnant, they came in town for a dadchler party. Ooh, a dadchler mm, party. Yeah, I didn't it was even like, know yeah, so it was one of those things. You can you can coin that phrase, and there you go. Uh, Dadchler party was an idea that they came in, and we went out for like scotch and cigars, and they go, "Here's everything that no book will tell you. Here's that you know the the hormones of of your wife are about to go from like crazy to off the charts, uh, and just like say yes, go with it." And one of the things that they told me um, was to just give a lot of grace. Like give each other a lot of grace in those first you know year year and a half because it's just full on like you're getting three four hours of sleep a day if you're lucky and it was just intense. The one thing that you know they didn't prepare me for, and I've kind of had this like thought in my head and there's no one really to talk to about it. But it's like it's it's weird because I think that guys are severely underrated for what they do. So for me, I was very active. Like the first two weeks I had off from work and I changed every single time. My wife never changed a diaper, never got him dressed, never got him ready. You know, all she had, well, all she got to do was breastfeed and just recover from a very traumatic, you know, delivery. So I get that. Uh, But no matter what you do, you can never be mom. Like you can't replace mom. So the harder a guy tries to like to be involved, to be engaged, it's never enough because you're not mom. It's a it's a fine line. Um, it's uh, you want to be supportive mm-hmm. and you want to be dad. I mean, you want to be the dad and of you're course. the dad. But uh, at the same time, you realize you don't have a boob, mm-hmm. and you can't you don't underestimate the importance of the boob. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, he he knows he knows I don't have a boob. It's yeah. everything to the to mm-hmm. a, to a baby. Yeah. Uh, so, but as a dad, uh, you kind of want to. I hate to use this term, but you want to fight for time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you want to establish yourself in this baby's life, and you want to become part of it, his or her life. And uh, it's it's. So how do you do it? How do you become? How, how do you become part of your child's so, life? So uh, with with my new hours. So before I was going to get up at four a.m. and I was coming home around one, and then at one I would take over until seven. That was like my time. But with this new nine to five job. It's one of those things that I have made a point uh, that I get up at, at 5.45 or 6 every day, and then I have those first two hours. So I let my wife sleep in. So after the last feeding, he's up. But, he, and then I play with him from 6 until 8 before I have to go to work. And then uh, when I come home, I get about an hour, hour and a half. But that's dramatically less time, like face-to-face interaction than what I was getting before. Uh, and because of that, no matter what I do, like it's one of those, it's like one of those like weird things. Cause yeah, if I just quit my job to be full on stay at home dad, uh, that would be detrimental to the fam- family. Sure. Uh, but you know, if I go, Hey, no, what I really need to take out this client and you know, and you know, I'm going now on this like, uh, outing at night, well then that's time away from my son. That's very valuable. So it's like walking that fine line. Every decision that you make is like, you know, what's the return on my investment? So if I take, you know, it's, it's always hard to do that. And I think that no matter what, you're being viewed as you don't care as much as the mom does. You can, yes, it can, you can be perceived that way. 
Um, one of the things I did when um, we had two boys, and I would pick my son up and plop him in the bathroom and let him watch me shave and shower mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, so he can kind of put it together. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what dad does. This is what dad this does. This is dad. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, I did that every morning. So it just, it just, it was kind of our time together. And, and literally he'd be sitting on the bathroom floor looking at going, well, blue. And uh, yeah. uh, down with the razor, down, up with the neck. Right. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Got yeah, it yeah this yeah. way, this uh-huh. way. Yeah. Um, so that was our time. And then as he, uh, you know, I would read him at night, mm-hmm. and I think that's something. I think dads have an opportunity uh, in the early morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they really care, if they really care, they can get up in the early morning and play with their, their yep. baby like you're talking about. And then when they come home, it's so easy to say, God, just give me an hour with a scotch. Just, just, <laughs> just yeah. let me put this day back. Let me just make sense out of it. Then I'll be a family man. Yeah. But you can't do that. No. Nope. The moment you walk in the door, I mean, they're waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And as, as my sons got older— they were waiting for me. Yeah. You know, that's like, okay, you're home. Now we can play. Right. And all, all you want to do is just lay on the couch and figure out who hit you this day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that, that's one of the things. So, so I still have that, like, sit down with a scotch, but that's like a nine now. And that's yeah. like that, I, I changed that from when I first get home and just want to, like, take a breath and, like, go and sit in the parlor and read the paper to where now that's a nine o'clock thing and not a six o'clock thing. So it's, it's changed for me a little bit. I remember one of the conversations that my wife and I have had, uh, because we're raising a, or we're raising a son and we want him to be respectful and, you know, a a good guy. But at the same time, I liked, we were raised totally separate. My wife's Filipino. So from an Asian family, you know, they were raised with respect, you know, uh, respect and honor and all those kind of things. And with my parents, it was the don't come home until the streetlights are off you know, or sorry, or come on. And it was like, you know, get out there, take care of yourself. No one's going to fight your battles for you, you know, those kind of things. So I like some of those elements of like raising a son who's tough, but also not like that, that fine line of not being too tough. Like don't be a, don't get picked on, but also don't pick on other people. So. Yeah. When I was raising our boys, um, I taught them self-defense. I taught them mm-hmm. how to throw a punch and I told them I never wanted to see him fight. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's just, Something that dad does is um, here's how you take care of yourself. Yeah. And at the same time, like you said, you don't want to raise a bully. Uh, you don't want him to, you want him to be careful with this knowledge you're imparting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just depends on how, uh, how much they perceive your, your values and how much they perceive that you put, you put importance on them acting nice and acting kind. Yeah. You know, if, if there's nothing at all wrong i think most dads what they would aspire to is, is, is when it comes to children is raise independent children who can take care of themselves but who are nice and kind to people and you know you succeed in that your job's done you've done you've done yeah you've done a great job as a parent but it just it takes 18 to 20 years <laughs> to see if that if that paid off <laughs> yeah to make that work yeah, I remember that was one of the things my, my wife was because i said you know i'm gonna have to teach him how to throw a punch so i want to teach him how to fight right and then tell him never to never to do it right like that's one of those things that you know i i don't want you to be a punching bag for someone but at the same time don't start it and that whole thing for her was kind of a hard like, I don't want you to teach him that if you teach him to punch he'll go around like no that's not necessarily true my dad taught me like don't get punched like, don't be a punching bag if someone hits you you can hit them back right totally fine uh, but don't instigate it like don't go around and be the verbal 
pulley and then and then get mad when someone punches you like you know, be be your best self at all times so hopefully i can impart some of that as well but it's a it's a tough challenge and as you kind of think about as they go through you know every everything that they do is a an, an effect of what you impart on them and that's a huge burden when you think about it when you when you ponder that everything you <clears throat> excuse me everything you say every way you act everything you do you're teaching them something. You're mm-hmm. teaching them how a man should act, or you're teaching them how a man should treat a woman, or you're teaching them what it means to be a man. Um, um, and so, if you want to be really careful with the lessons that you're that you're imparting when they're one month old, one year old, two years old, three years old, because I mean, I really firmly believe, and most social scientists agree that by the time there's three or four, your job's done. They've learned yeah. their values and morals that they're taking for the next, the rest of their life. I remember my dad, he was a Nazarene pastor, uh, you know, very high moral fiber, very ethical, uh, always did the right thing, you know, all taught me good values. But the things that I take away are the mistakes that he made. Things that I remember to this day are the off-color jokes that he would make just in passing and immediately regret making them, but he still made them and he vocalized them and so, and that's what, when, we're, when all my, we're all sitting around the table, that's the stories we bring up. And so it's one of those things that, you know, uh, for all the good things that you do, the bad stuff's what your kid's going to remember. And so for me, like, I know I have to be very careful. Being brought up in radio, my mouth can tend to get, you know, a little naughty some points in time. And so I have to remember that when my son's around, he is a sponge right. for right. And all of that. When we talk about parenting as somebody who does not have kids and hopefully doesn't plan on having any in the near future <laughs> at some point, hey, yeah, of course. Um, but for now, when you talk about how every little single thing you do matters in a level that you don't understand, that's the kind of thing that keeps me up at night. That's terrifying, like yep. you said. But you also make a good point in that, like, I guess age happens. Your your child will get older. Life will move on. Like things will get picked up no matter what. So you kind of gotta have a cool head about it. I guess. Like, I guess you just gotta be you and hope that you know works what, out. Well, at really some know. point you do learn. You know, can tell you that it all washes out. <laughs> it, 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 it's <laughs> it all, all washes. It out. all it all comes out in the wash. I mean, as, yeah. as they get older, you make mistakes. I mean, there would be many times I went to bed going, God, I can't believe I said that mm-hmm. or did that or or acted that way and would feel just horrible, absolutely horrible. And the next morning, my kids had forgotten all about it. I mean, they just didn't even remember. Yeah. They hadn't brought it up yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, as, as a dad, you do, your, you do the best you can do with, with, the, with, the, uh, uh, with the mindset of, I'm going to be a great father, I'm going to raise a loving child, and they will always know that I love them. Um, and if you approach it... With that mindset, then things will work out. Right. You, you can't get so hung up on the idea that, like, it's all, it's all fall, like, it all, it all matters, I guess. You can't get so hung up on, on man, that they're never going to forget that. That's going to be a thing forever because if you do, you'll burst, right? You got to, you got to roll with the punches, I guess. There was, um, when my kids were maybe two and four, um, I thought I would sneak into the room and scare them. (laughs) Okay. And I scared the bejesus out of them. Right. I mean, I, they were in tears. Oh, wow. And I thought, and as a dad, I'm going, oh, my God. I mean, I just felt so horrible. <laughs> and this, is, this happened 30, God, 30 long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I still remember 
yeah. doing it yeah. and how I and I still feel guilty about it that, mm-hmm. I, that I made him cry <laughs> just trying to be dad. Yeah, do, do they remember funny. this? Hmm? Do they remember wow. this? No, they don't even bring it up. See, that's yeah. that's one of those things though, because that that was the thing with me. There's there's things I remember about about my dad, things he would do, or even my mom, but most of my dad. Um, that I would bring up at some point, he'd be like, no, I don't recall that at all. And there's other things I haven't brought up that I think to myself, he probably, what if he remembers that too? What if we both remember this thing that happened and we both just keep it to ourselves because it's more, it's easier to not kind of air that with each other. It's easier to just keep that to ourselves. <laughs> well, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Well, I, also, I realize that sounds twisted, but does. I don't know, like little, little things, you know, a thing, a thing he said once at Home Depot or, or <laughs> yeah. who, who knows. I, okay. You know what? I'm going to back out of this conversation. I feel like we're like taxi cab confession here. It got, it got oh, weird right. all of a sudden. Well, that's, you know what? You guys do the rest of the show. I'm just gonna, I'll back out. That's fine. Well, I was going to ask you, Zach, what do you remember most about your dad being a father? My dad, um, well, he's still around. That, that helps, you know. Uh, it doesn't feel as far away. Uh, he was a teacher, and I think in, in the classroom, he, he presents himself in a, in a slightly different way than he does at home. In the classroom, he's the authority, you know, and at home, he's, he's dad. He's a little bit more friendly. Um, so, so I think about that kind of, that kind of ideolo- ideological split. When he, gets, when he gets to school, it's none of these kids are really my kids. They're here to learn. I'm teaching them. At home, it's, okay, I got to take it a little easier, right? Um, but he still kind of had that, so I, I remember that sense of that sense of authority and everything he did, but also like a, a level of, of kindness that I would presume is supposed to be there. Like I, I, I would presume he was presenting, right? He was acting authoritative, but really is being kind and not the other way around, where he is authoritative and acting kind. So yeah, that's what I remember about my dad. That's a good memory. Thank that's you. Good. Yeah. I mean, I think as a as a father, I want my kids to remember that uh, that um, I was kind. That, of course. That I taught them things that um, I thought were important and that I expected the, uh, the best out of them. And I think that, you know, a lot of fathers may think, well, I'm not sure I should have expectations. Let me tell you, you should have expectations. I mean, your kids will live up or down to your expectations. And that's something that expectations today are considered a bad thing. They're a good thing. Uh, you want to expect them absolute best out of your kids and they'll give it to you so when you say when you say expectations do you mean like give them like hey i want you to be an honor roll student or i want you to go to a ivy league school or i want you to like okay that's a good question uh by expectations i mean i want you to be your best mm-hmm. that's uh um since i couldn't get into an ivy league school i couldn't hold that out but i wanted them to be to to use all of the gifts god gave them all the all the advantages that we were giving them and uh um, become outstanding people, and they did. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, you know, there's homes where, where the discussion of college is not even discussed. One home is like, of course you're going to college. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah. Another home is, well, you probably should get a job at 13, and and um, you might be able to get out of high school. <laughs> so, so there's there's two yeah. different kinds of, uh, or, or or many different kinds of 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 atmospheres where kids can grow up in, but but. Uh, I wanted my kids to understand that they were very lucky, they were very blessed, they were very fortunate. They had to turn that and give that to other people, and they had to act uh, uh, like people who 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 God had blessed a lot. So, and, and they did, but that was my expectation. So when when it was when it was let down, then then we had trouble. We had yeah. issues. So I want to chime in here real quick because um, this is actually something that I've thought about a lot as I've gotten older 
was I my dad worked a lot when I when I was a kid. He had a about an hour and a half commute both ways. So I was pretty much raised by my mom, and a lot of my personality came from my mom. But um, I think to, to how my dad used to come down on me about my grades and um, just he wasn't an authoritarian. He wasn't abusive or anything like that. He would just be very disappointed in me whenever I I didn't apply myself as much as he thought I could. And it wasn't until later in life when I got into college when I started to realize, oh, he just wanted me. He never expressed this to me, but he I could tell that he just wanted me to have an easier time at life than he did. He wasn't stupid or anything, but he, he didn't apply himself at school very much. He didn't apply himself in college. He only spent about a semester in college. And then he started working. He worked his way up from the pack room to being vice president of the company that he was. But he worked very hard to get there. And when I look back at it, it was like, oh, he was just trying to instill in me this sense of responsibility and ownership over what I do that he maybe didn't have growing up or didn't appreciate growing up. And when I was a kid, I was like, God, he's just being a jerk. He's just coming down on me about my grades and all this stuff. And I didn't realize until later that he was actually trying to teach me stuff that I appreciate now. And I mean, he's still alive. And it's not that I can't tell him that, but it's just, it's something that, yeah, the, the weird relationship that, that guys have with their dads, that they don't appreciate all the lessons that they're being taught as they grow up until much later. I yeah. Think. yeah and, and you don't, you don't really talk about them. That's what I was trying to right, get at yeah. earlier. <laughs> you Golly, don't. Taxi you don't. And I haven't, I haven't said, dad, thank you for coming down on me when I got a B that one time and making me feel like you know, an my idiot. kids have actually said thank you. I have. have they really? Yeah. Mm. They, they, they really expressed appreciation yeah. for well, maybe, that's, did, maybe that's maybe that's being a parent. Is, I don't know. Like, gosh, that's so fantastic. Yeah. yeah. The best advice I give you, Josh, is you want to be their parent, not their friend. And I tell this story a lot about when my oldest son was in ninth grade and he was on a highly competitive soccer team and they won some major championships. So all 10 or 12 of these, of these ninth graders thought, hey, let's go get some beer and we'll walk down the streets of Richardson, Texas, down a neighborhood street drinking beer. What a terrible idea for an evening. <laughs> Really? Like, so yeah. five cop cars were there, you know, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. What is this gang doing <laughs> rolling down the street drunk? So uh, the team mom called me and said, you know what your oldest son has been doing? And uh, uh, I said, no. So she told me. So Sage came home. The next, Sorry, Sage. He came home the next morning. <laughs> and uh, I said, so here's how would it go? He said, oh, fine. Fine. Everything's good. I said, yeah, here's why you're grounded. Um, first off, are you stupid walking yeah. with nine other kids carrying beer? Uh, that's two weeks. Three weeks you lied. And the other, the other six, um, you broke the law and went against everything I wanted you to. And so I said, so just give me your keys. Summer's gone. And so he went upstairs. And then I came, went upstairs about an hour later. He was laying in bed, groaning. And he said, Dad, you know, I, I really thought you were my friend. And I said, oh, how have we misunderstood each other so long? <laughs> oh, buddy. I barely <laughs> like you. <laughs> yeah. So Friends don't pay for college. Uh, That's true, boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay, this has been fast, but we, we, we got to explore this again. Josh, thank you so much no for, for rolling in and telling us about your, your young son. We'll, we'll keep track of yeah. how it's going. That's been with you. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Matt. And uh, um, this has been another edition of Fearless Parenting. You can look it forward on uh, um, fearlessparenting.com, 
you can look at the books, buy the books, uh, and share this with your friends. Thanks. Bye-bye. Parenting is a production of the Real News Communications Network in collaboration with Harry H. Harrison, Jr. This episode was recorded and edited by Matt Stoker and myself, Zach Lewis. Production music courtesy of the Audio Jungle Music Library. To find out more about Harry and his work or to purchase one of his books, visit www.fearlessparenting.com.